How's it going, everybody? You guys doing good? Good. Welcome to the Power Place. Hope y'all are feeling good today. I'm excited to be here in uh, God's presence today. And this week I've been kind of overwhelmed uh, with thinking of blindness. The part in the series of rap today is talking about the blind shall see. And so this week as I'm praying and, and seeking God and just I'm overwhelmed at what it is to be blind. Would you do this with me today? Would you just close your eyes for a second? Everybody, just close your eyes. Can you imagine a world of darkness? Can you imagine a world without color? Can you imagine a world without shape, beauty? Can you imagine a world without the amazing creation? darkness being your reality every day, waking up to the same thing, darkness, waking up to the same thing every day, not being able to see what life is all about, this is how most people is all about when he's involved in it. This is how a lot of our friends live. This is how a lot of our neighbors live. When we go to work, we sit by people who live like this every day. They're blind. They live in darkness. It's become their norm. You can open your eyes. Because this year, we shall see the This year is going to be filled with people who are in blindness and in captivity. They will come to see because of you. No longer will that be a reality for those in your life. Because God is setting you up. He's setting you up. Do you believe that? Are you ready to see captives set free this year? Man, I'm ready. I'm so pumped. I can't wait. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for who you are. You are amazing. God, there is none like you in all your majesty, in all your power, in all your might. We come to you as simple humans and say thank you for being a part of us. Thank you for caring for us. And thank you for caring for our city. Jesus, we pray that you'd be with us today. Challenge us. Open up our minds. Open up our hearts. Let today be a life-changing experience. Let it not just be another time together, but God, rock our world so that we can be prepared for the year that you have planned in heaven already. Let us step into that greatness. Why don't you just say that with me? Say, God, help me to step into my greatness. Amen. Amen. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with the thought of going blind. Uh, me and Zay, we would always wake each other up at the clicky lights. Uh, we lived in a trailer, so we had bunk beds. And right above our bed was this clicky, like, snap-on light. You know what I'm talking about? And so every once in a while, not all the time, but most nights, you know, we'd hear the clicky light come on. And I'd be like, hey, Zay. He'd be like, yeah? I'm thinking about blindness again. He was like, me too. And it was like a, a constant. We would always have to flip on the light and make sure our eyes could work. You look around, it's like, oh, okay. Woo, it was a little dark there. I thought I was going blind. And then we would do the, you know, the clicky lights, and then we had the clicky test, you know, where you click, and you're like, okay, I can still hear. Okay, we're good. We're good. And we were jacked up ever since that Helen Keller special that we watched on TV. <laughs> we were jacked up from then on. This girl goes blind and deaf at the same time. I said, Zay, that will never be me. I will never let that happen. So 
You know, you hear the light. Say, you, th- you thinking about blindness? Yeah, I am. All right. Well, I can see. You can see? Okay, we're good. You know, it's just that we were consumed with not going blind. I can't imagine a world and mad respect for the people who live out their life like a Stevie Wonder, who took blindness and took it to the next level. Mad props. Not for me, okay? Not for me. I'm, I'm almost there, actually. I'm almost legally blind right now. I can't even see your guys' faces. It's bad. But I was so consumed with that thought, and it was crazy. I remember um, growing up, we, we went to the eye doctor, and there's this one time we went to the eye doctor, and uh, it was like one of the first times that I went back to the, the eye doctor and the, the whole testing by myself, okay? So I was like of age, you know, I was a man. So I remember going back to the, to the seat, and they sat me down, they do all the tests, you know, they... They, have, they look into your eye, they're like, which one do you like better, A, B, or C? And you're like, I don't know, go back to A. You know, you get really indecisive in that moment. It's like, this is my eyes for the next, you know, year. You know, I better get this right, you know. Go back, I like A. No, 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 B. You know, I'm sure the guy's like, please just pick. It doesn't even matter. So we do all the tests, and then we get to the, the puff test. You guys know the puff test? Well, no one warned me about the puff test, Okay. This was the first time that I had experienced the puff test. Well, it puffs me in the eye. First off, let's just talk about the lady that told me just to look at the little dot. (laughs) Just pay attention to that little black dot. You know, no big deal. This isn't going to hurt nothing. No warning at all. I'm just checking out this little black dot. All of a sudden, this puff of poisonous air blows in my eye and takes away my vision. And now my childhood fears have all come true. And I'm sitting in this room blind. Nobody warned me this, this test might blind you. Needless to say, I run out of the room hysterically crying, screaming. You didn't have to add that, but yes, screaming as well. Everybody's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, mom, they made me blind. Run to the bathroom, like trying to wipe my eyes, you know, make sure. See, did I actually go blind? That was a bad day. That was a very bad day. I'm still dramatized. I don't like going to the eye doctor just for the puff test. It's terrible. They really should ban that. Should be a law against that. Don't make people blind. But I was consumed with the thought of going through life blind. I couldn't imagine living my life without the ability to see things, to see the beauty of, of flowers and mountains and the fog in the morning, see the beauty of girls, see the amazing uh, being able to rollerblade. Back in the day, rollerblading was it. It was the thing. And being able to rollerblade or bike or, or you know, hang out with my brother and do crazy, crazy things. I was already afraid how to do that? I can't imagine what my life would have been if I were blind. I, would, I wouldn't do anything. I, I was consumed with this as a kid. Just the thought, how could I ever go through my life being blind? In Luke 4, 18 through 19, this is the, the text that we're reading through with this whole thought of captives no more. Let me read you up to where we are. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Last week, uh, my dad brought us to that point of knowing who we are in Jesus and, and accepting that anointing that the captives shall be released, that when we step in, there is no say in the matter. There is no argument. We are anointed for this. We are, we are the ones that are, have this title on us. We are appointed for this. And so looking at that, you know, th- this is where we are. We're, we're, we're uh, anointed to preach the good news to the poor. He sent us to heal the brokenhearted and announced that the captives shall be released and the blind shall see. Now, blindness can look different for a lot of people. And a lot, a lot of different kinds of blindness happen to people. You know, there's, uh, and let's just define blindness too tonight, today because, uh, and today I'm not talking about the physical aspect of blindness. I'm, I'm talking about the spiritual aspect of blindness. And there's a lot of people who live with the false reality of what is actually happening in their life. 
and the false reality of hope. And that is what true blindness is. And, and for instance, it's the, the blindness of, of depression. And when you are in depression, the blindness to know that the, his joy is the essence of what you need to conquer that. Uh, when, you, when you're in the midst of depression, uh, it, it's overwhelming and it, it's almost an overtaking sense of false reality of what your life really is all about. And if you saw the reality of things, sometimes we can get so caught up in that. It's the blindness of the situation that we get so caught up in it that we give into that. It's the blindness of being, you know, in a financial state of captivity where we, you know, some, some live in a false reality uh, to not trust him with their finances, to not give it to God, to not be good stewards of money. I see a lot of people who live in blindness financially because they're just not good stewards with money. It's not the fact that even that God's not blessing them, it's the stewardship of the money. So it's that blindness, it's that living in that false reality, the blindness of losing your identity. As a man, you lose your identity if you lose your job or, or, or something is shifted about or someone comes against who you are as a man. It's that loss of identity of who am I? What, what am I all about? Who am I as a man? Who am I as a woman? They're talking about me and saying these things about me as a woman. Who am I? It's the blindness to not know who you are in Christ because it's not what the world thinks. It's what Jesus thinks of you. It's what Jesus says you are. You're a conqueror. You're a leader. You're appointed to preach. It's the blindness of not seeing clearly. It's the prison of addiction and that false reality that one more time, just, just once more, I won't do it ever again. I can beat this on my own. I don't have to tell nobody. I can beat this on my own. That's a false reality. That's blindness. That's being not real with what's actually going on. And the false reality that just once more, and it'll bring fulfillment to me. This is, this is what I need. I believe that God this year is going to break down the walls of captivity. He's going to break down the walls of captivity. He's going to let the blind see. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This whole context of this scripture is Jesus' first message. This is when he comes out of the wilderness. He's been tempted by the devil. He says, you know, beat it, dude. And then he goes into his first message. And this scripture is actually, is actually quoting Isaiah, the prophet of what he spoke. So Jesus got handed a scroll, the Isaiah scroll, right? The whole thing of Isaiah. And he gets to the point where he finds this scripture. And he reads through and he says, I am appointed to preach good news to the poor. And he's, he's prophesying what is to come with his life. He says, I'm the Messiah. I am Jesus. And with me comes this whole aspect of what you are celebrating. Now, you have to understand, Jesus was talking about the year of Jubilee. I get this, okay? The year of Jubilee was, was celebrated and was brought about every 49 years. Every 49 years, and, and there was seven times of seven years celebration. So every seven years, they would do this little thing. But the year of Jubilee was the big one. There was the, every 49 years, they would take a whole year, and they would set all slaves that you have bought, they would let them go home be free. All debt that you had would be taken away. How many would love that year? All the debt you've accumulated would be done. All the slaves would go back to their relatives. All the land that had been bought would go back to its original owners. So this year was huge. It was almost like an economic balancing, like taking everything and letting it rest. There's no seed planted. There was no, there's none of that, no work. This was a year of harvest, okay? This was a year that you worked up to. So in this year, it was like boom celebration time. All the slaves are free. They're back home. All the families that have been praying and seeking God for their, their, their family to come back, now is a celebration. Jesus was bringing this. And he said, I am bringing this, not in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. Because there are blind that need to see. There are captives that need to be released. There are oppressed that I am coming in to set free. 
So check it. The year of Jubilee, and, and you have to understand, we didn't really know all this going into it. This is just what God laid on our hearts as scripture. And check it out. This is the year of Jubilee. The last year of Jubilee was 1966, 2015 to 2016 fall is the year of Jubilee. What? Don't you think God's up to something? Mind blown. What do you think God has in store for our city? This is what he laid on our hearts. God said, this is the year of Jubilee. You don't even know it. Wait till you study. Your mind's going to be blown. Brain on the walls. God wants to set our city free, and he's trying to get our attention that we are the appointed ones. We are the ones to set the captives free. We will step into it. Woo, that gets me excited. I hope that gets you excited because Jesus wants to use you. In Isaiah 42, chapter, five, or chapter 42, verse 5, this is what the God, the Lord says, the creator of heavens who stretched them out, who spreads out the earth with all the springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk in on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. That's the sinners, by the way. Thin earth. Light to the Gentiles, to open the eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See the former things that have taken place and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Before things spring into being and everybody sees them, I'm going to announce it to you. And see, I believe that that's what God is doing in this family. that the whiteboard of heaven has already been marked. He's already shown the angels what's taking place in this city in this year. It's already out. Heaven knows it. They're already dancing and singing about it. They're already singing, holy, holy, holy are you, God, for what you're going to do. They already know it. And the plans that are already going to take place He's going to let you know beforehand. That's what he's doing in this family. He's whispering in our ears. This is what's coming. Not the whole city knows it. I hope other people are listening. I hope it's not just us. I hope there are, there are thousands of churches across this region that are listening and hearing God. I hope there's business leaders who are hearing God. I hope there are teachers that are on their face because they can't wait for this year to take place. I hope that's happening. But what if God chose you to start this movement? What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? God wants to let you in on the secret of what's coming because he desperately seeks his people to know him. He desperately seeks the captive to be set free, the blinds to see. That's God's heartbeat. And he's appointed you in righteousness to be light to the Gentiles. That's the crazy thing about sight. You need light in order for there to be sight. Without light, there is no sight. It's crazy, man. You look up the eye. Your eye is the craziest organism in your body. Well, we go into the heart and the, the colon and stuff. But you know, still, our bodies are complex, man. God's crazy. He is off the chain. But your eye does so much in order to see, but it needs light in order to see anything. And Jesus, he was the first light. When Jesus came into the scene, he changed the atmosphere around him. He brought light into the darkness. 
He brought light with him everywhere he went. Hey, Zay, I'm sorry to do this to you. Would you run to the library's room and grab the fluorescent? Thank you. You're the man. Yes, yes. Give it up for Zay. He's the man. That's my brother. Jesus. See, with him, he didn't come to earth to say, all right, you know what the earth needs? Just another good leader. They just need another prophet to believe in. They need another good religious person. What did Jesus do? He came in and say, I'm going to change everything. You once were blind, now you see. You once were dead, now you live. You once were lame, now you walk. Once we're deaf, now you hear. And with him came this atmosphere. And the beauty thing about this, and, and this is Jesus' prophecy over his own life, is when I come into the midst, year of Jubilee, just because I'm here. And when Jesus left, and this is the thing that blows my mind every time I think about it. When Jesus left, he looked at his disciples and he said, hey, guess what? If you believe in me, you're going to do things that I've done, but you're going to do things even greater than I've done. If I were one of the disciples, I'd have been like, Jesus, you are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> and Cocoa Puffs aren't even invented yet, but you're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I can't believe what you're saying. Jesus, you're the son of God. You're seeing dead people rise up. You're spitting on people's eyes and they're seeing. Jesus, you're the Messiah. There's none like you. You're the man. You can just leave it unplugged. That's perfect. Unplugged is great. Thank you. You're the man. And you look so good today, dude. You've been lifting weights or something, I can tell. So buff. I used to be able to beat him up. Now I don't mess with him. So, I mean, get a picture of that. Jesus said, when I come into the picture, year of Jubilee, slaves are set free, blind shall see, everything's going down. But you, this is just a taste. This is just a preview to the, the this is just a trailer to the movie. You haven't even seen the big show yet. Wait till you step on the scene. Because, because I'm going to my father, because I'm going to be like, tight with the Father, speaking to Him on your behalf, because I'm sending you the Holy Spirit that's going to empower you, be your anointing. Because I'm doing that, woo! that's the movie. That's the big cinematic IMAX theater experience. You haven't seen nothing yet. Man! We need some hankies. And that's why you have this on your seat. It's a hanky. <laughs> Acts 13. 13 verse 47. Real quick though. We are going to create a culture where darkness and captivity are no longer the normal. Right now our society says darkness and captivity is normal. It's, it's normal to be in sin. It's normal to be away from God. It's normal to be out of his presence. When you go into your workplace, it's normal to hear those words or to hear them talk like that. But guess what? After this year, this is the year of Jubilee. This is the year of captives set free. No longer will it be normal to be in darkness. All of a sudden, normal will be light emitting from our lives. Light all across the city, emitting through all those who are chosen. That will be the new normal. It's not going to be normal anymore to be in captivity. All of a sudden, the blindfold will feel like something. Up until this point, the blindfold has felt normal and comfortable. A lot of people don't even know they're wearing it. Captives in my life, I don't know about you, but in my neighborhood, all the people that I come in contact with when I'm working, all the people in my life don't know they're captives yet. And you know what's going to change that? We're going to read about it. Acts chapter 13, verse 47 says, For this is as the Lord commanded when he said, I have made you the light to the Gentiles. Lead them from the farthest corners of the earth to my salvation. Doesn't matter where they are, how far they've gotten off, how dark it is where they are. You are the light. And you are the one to seek them out. We are the search team. We are a search team. 
Come on. We are a search team to seek out those that are lost, those that are in darkness, and to the corners of the earth. It doesn't matter how far they've gotten off. God has called you to bring them back to the salvation. It doesn't say, it, check it, check it, check it. It doesn't say, okay, okay, here's, here's how it's going down. God is going to bring a light, and the light is going to be the church, and so everybody comes to church and going to get found by Jesus. No, 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 no. It says you are going to go to the corners of the earth and find the lost and bring them to the salvation of Jesus. Woo! All right, I'm too excited. I got to calm down. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's do something crazy here for a sec. So we have this, this awesome light, right? It's amazing fluorescent light. It's got a huge bulb in here. Jeff Peck could tell you all the specs. I don't know anything about it. All I know is you plug it in, you turn it on. So this is an amazing light that's, that's made to illuminate. Very obvious, right? That's its main purpose. Would you turn off lights for me? So let's just see this thing in action. Go ahead, all the way out. Huh. Weird. This worked earlier. That's really strange. So it's not doing much now. Go ahead and flip on the lights again. Okay, uh, that was awkward. Um, so it doesn't do much for us now. Ooh, let's try that again. Uh, turn off the lights real quick. Pretty sure it's one of those that just turns on when you... Lights go out. It's one of those security lights in the bathroom that you really praise God for sometimes. <laughs> hey, I'm still in here! <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, this is, this is really awkward. Go ahead and turn on the lights again. Sorry. What's the problem here? It's not plugged in! Oh, my goodness! I'm an idiot! I hate when I preach and I look like an idiot in front of everybody. This is annoying. It's not plugged in! You are called to illuminate, but you ain't going to illuminate unless you plugged into the Most High. He's the power source. And without the power source, you don't have any capability at all. Let's take all the pride and throw it off, okay? It's not about us. It's about the Holy Spirit through us. If you think you got all the words, eloquencies, and all the things you're going to do right, and I've been in ministry for how long? I don't even know. It's been so long when everybody died that was with me, you know? I, whatever you think you are, let's get off that high horse real quick. It's not about you. It's about the Holy Spirit through you. And for all of you who don't think you're capable or able, let me help you out. It ain't about you. I don't have the words to say, hey, that don't matter. It's not about you. It's about the Holy Spirit through you. You are just a vessel. You are just something that is, well, not just sitting there. Turn off those lights again. This is what you do. You are designed in the midst of the darkness. And guess what? The darker it is, the more the light emits. The more the light breaks up the darkness. This is what you're called to do. You break that darkness. And everywhere you shine, it changes. You see that? It don't matter where you go. Everywhere you go gets lit up. Well, they don't talk very nice at my work. And they're, I mean, it's just, it's nonstop. I mean, they're just nonstop. Hey, you keep shining, my friend. You're going to change that. This is going to be the new normal. Darkness can't handle you. You like that? You going blind? All right. You can flip on the lights. Thank you. Darkness can't handle you. And Jesus made you the light of the world. 
He said, I want to make you a light to the Gentiles, to those that are lost, that everybody counted as lost. In those days, the Gentiles were the people you do not speak to. The Jews were it. They were the people that needed the gospel. They got Jesus. But Jesus came in and said, "Uh uh-uh, not no more. I want to let you reach out to the people that everybody counted off as lost, done, waste. They're waste of time. Don't even worry about them. Jesus said, no, I've called you to get them. I've called you to get them. Guess what? God's calling this church to get those that everybody else sees as unreachable. They're lost. They're not worth the time. We are called to set those people free. We're called to set the captives free. I remember as a kid, uh, when we learned how to ride bikes, me and Zay, we learned at the same time. And Zay was two years younger than me. What? Why are you laughing already? My life's an epic joke. So learning to ride a bike was always fun. Um, but I was the type that took more precaution as I was learning. I didn't want to go all the way. I was a grass driver. I spent most of my time in the grass because when you fell, it didn't hurt, right? It's like cushion. Zay, he was on the pavement. He was zooming. And I'm on the grass like, this is awesome. I spent a lot of time in the grass, way too many to, well, I ruined a lot of pair of jeans too because of the grass stains. But I spent a lot of time in that grass. And let me tell you, there are a lot of people that will spend a lot of their Christian walk in the grass. And guess what you'll get? You'll get safe results all the time. You will never live an epic adventure. You never live a cinematic thriller. You will never live what God has designed you to do if you stay in the grass the entire year. And I want to push you, I want to challenge you, because this is what God's doing to me. He's challenging me to go further than I've ever gone before. He's challenging me to say things that I'm not comfortable saying. He's challenging me to pray prayers that I'm scared to pray. (laughs) You have prayers like that? You see, I understand the power of prayer. I grew up in a family, four generations of men that sought God. I understand prayer, okay? Kind of got an A in it. I understand that when you pray, things happen. I understand when you pray, God listens. When God listens, things take place. And so I understand dangerous prayers. I understand that when you pray, God, use me in a way that I've never been used before. (gasps) If you're not ready for that, shut up. (laughs) God, take me out of my comfort zone. Oh, careful with that one. You don't even know what your comfort zone is yet. God will show you. I've been challenged this year to pray some dangerous prayers. God, I'm scared to death. Oh, I'm scared to death. Because the ventures, I don't know about you, but the ventures that God's calling me to scare me half to death. I would rather be comfortable. I would rather be in my comfort zone with all my comfortable people, with my clique that's easy to talk to, with my Christian folk. You know what I'm saying? I I would rather be that than live uncomfortable, be in those situations where it's hard, be in those situations where I have to say things that I don't want to say. Can we just come to church and talk about God? I mean, that's easy, right? It's easy in here. But no, God's challenging me to go further than I've ever gone before, to pray prayers that I've never prayed before, to do things that I am not comfortable doing. But by his power, when I plug into the most high, he illuminates me. He makes me come alive to my true calling and purpose. Yes, I can go through my life like this. I can go through life like that. But what is the point? What is the purpose of this? A life that doesn't work? And that's what you do when you stay in the grass, when you live a safe Christian walk. You are a light that is sitting on the shelf waiting to illuminate. But your day might never happen unless you step out in faith and say, God, I want to be the light into the darkness. Let me be a light into the darkest part of my world. Because you have a world. And your world doesn't look like mine. 
You have people around you that I don't have around me. You have a group that God has called you to who are your Gentiles. Think about it. Who are your Gentiles? In fact, let's, let's make it really simple. Who's your Gentile? Let's break it down. We can change the world, but let's start with one. Who's one person God is calling you to this year? Isn't that crazy? Your mind goes straight to that person. My mind's already there. It doesn't take much. You already know. Why? Because God cares so much, he's inscribed that on your heart. Right as I said, one person, you're like, oh, yeah, I know exactly who I'm supposed to. You know. God's already put it there. But I believe that a lot of us haven't yet experienced that amazing power of the Holy Spirit because we haven't plugged in to who he is. And when we plug into who he is, that's when we've truly experienced all that God has designed us to be. Let's talk about your past real quick, can we? Your past is too little a part of your story to let it consume you for too long. Hey, dwell on it for a little bit of where you've come from. Dwell on the fear that you used to live in just for a moment. Get a glimpse of it, that's okay. But don't dwell on it for too long. It's too little a part of your story. It's time for you to move on to your greatness. I think about Paul, or actually Saul, who was persecuting Christians. I mean, he had a bad past. It was nasty. And Jesus stepped into his life and shined a light into his, his pathway. And all of a sudden, Saul became Paul and changed everything. He never looked back to say, you know what? I was a, a Christian killer. I don't think I should be able to do this. No, 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 no. Your past is not a part of your story. It could be a little part, but not a lot. Don't dwell on it for too long. Don't dwell on the fears that you used to have because that's no longer you. You are a new creation in Jesus Christ and he is coming alive in you and this is your year to thrive. And every situation that's happening to you, I don't care what it is, good, bad, ugly, fat, skinny, whatever it is, whatever situation's happening to you, God has you there for a reason. Learn from it. Let me just speak to you. I feel like God's speaking that to somebody today. Wherever you are, learn from it. Because God has you there for a season. It's not long. It might be even a short while. But God has you there for a reason. So take it in. Breathe it in. Breathe in this passion. Breathe in this calling. Because you're going to need it. Don't be so consumed with what the world's consumed with. Be consumed with what our Father is consumed with. Let that overtake you. Let those passions become your passions. Let his tears become your tears. Let those sleepless nights become your sleepless nights. Let it be so consuming that's all you can think about. Everything filters through that so we can see the blind set free. You have a blindfold on your chair. If you would grab that, that'd be awesome. It's right behind you. This blindfold represents different things for different people. We talked about that a little bit today. And, and the band can come up and play. This blindfold represents different things for different people. And, and people in your life might have different blindness than people in my life, actually. There's some people that you know that deal with depression, that deal with anxiety, that deal with insecurities that deal with identity loss that deal with pain and regret from the past and these people are in captivity whether they know it or not they live bound and Jesus is calling us to come into the situation and bring light and you want to know when captives will understand that they're in captivity as soon as light comes into the situation And when light comes in, it exposes things. This will be hard for many. Because when you start to expose stuff, it exposes things that are not right. There'll be a lot of people that will push this away. Because when you're around, things are in the light. I believe this year is going to be a year of amazing harvest for this church. And my, my dad talked about last 
last week how there's been so much work gone all through the years to this year. It's been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears poured in to the harvest we're gonna reap in this year. There's been a lot of prayers that have gone up for you so that you would be empowered for this year. You've been through a lot of things this past year, a lot of things that have come against your heart, come against your mind, try to taint your vision, try to taint your, your passions and your dreams. But it's all been in preparation for this year. And I believe God is gonna lay someone on your heart for this year because God's heart is that none shall perish. God's heart is that no one spends more time in captivity. God's heart is that we come into this situation, we bring his light, and we bring the year of jubilee, the year of freedom. Are you ready for that? Hey, if you're ready today, I wanna pray a dangerous prayer. And if you're ready, I want you to pray with me. If not, that's cool. I understand. Been there, done that. And honestly, hey, you gotta hear our heart in this. We are praying constantly, seeking God for your heart, that you would see, that you would become alive in this calling. This wouldn't just be another statement. A lot of people have vision statements and mission whatevers. We're praying that this is not just that. This becomes a life calling for this year. This becomes an action action word. That when you say captives no more, it makes something jump inside of you. It's not just, oh, you should see the cool things they're doing at my church. It's really cool. It's really cool. Cool. Yeah, it's a cool year. Praying, it's more than that. Praying, it's a, it's a passion of yours to say, I want to see captives set free in my city. So if you're ready, I want to pray a very dangerous prayer. And then we're just going to praise God and worship Him and thank Him. Here's what we're going to do. This year, this, this week starts fasting and prayer. And a lot of you will give up things in your life to seek God in place of. Now, this week is extremely hard for me because I really like to eat. I know it doesn't show. It will soon. It's coming. It's coming, 2017. <laughs> but this week will be a week where we will give up things so that we can seek God. And the hungers of our human selves will be diminished because the hunger for His Spirit will be raised to the top and our, our desperation for him will become so high that the things of this world will look eh. the first two three days you are thinking about nothing but food or i am at least because every commercial everything that's going on you always talk about food you don't even understand it yet until you don't have food then you're like wow we talk about food a lot and then you get to the point where food isn't the, the object, it's God's spirit. How much can I get of him? How much can I get of his spirit? How much can I get of his passion inside of me? How much can I get of his dream for our city? How much can I get? And this week, we want you to pray for somebody in your life. We want you to fast and pray and seek God for that person to come to Jesus. I pray for that person to come and, and maybe, maybe invite them next week to the milestone. It's going to be an epic day. Maybe that's your first step. But I believe God's going to do something. So if you're ready, we're going to pray a very dangerous prayer. If you're not, that's cool. You can just sit there and listen. Maybe God will, will do something in your heart, get you excited, get you passionate. But if you're ready, would you pray this with me? Say, Jesus, I'm ready. I want to take this step. God, I want to step into the unknown. God, it's scary. I don't know what's coming. But I know you, and I know I trust you. So God, I pray that you would break my heart. Break my heart. Come on, say it like you mean it. Break my heart for the things that break your heart. God, break me down for these things that you care about. Let your tears become my tears. Let your passions become my passions. Let your dreams become my dreams.
wake me up with this. Let me become alive to my calling. Let me see captives set free in my life. Everywhere I go, give me that land. Everywhere I go, give me opportunities to speak into the lost. Come on, everywhere I go, give me that land. When I go into work, give me opportunities to share your love. When I go into my school, give me opportunities to share your love. And God, let me be a light into the darkness. Come on, would you stand to your feet, raise up both hands, say, God, use me this year. Take me farther than I've ever been before. Take me out of my comfort zone. Lead me to where you want me to be led. Jesus, let me be those that are setting the captives free. blindfold in your hands right now I want you to pray for that person that God's laid on your heart to reach out to because we have been given such a gift of Jesus and his grace and mercy and what he's done for us he's made us new Would you pray for that person right now can you lift up your voice Jesus I pray set them free God, we thank you in advance for the life change that's going to take place in them. God, for the light to bring into the darkness that they shall see. They shall see and they shall be free. God, we thank you for that promise. We thank you for what you have said over this year, what you've proclaimed over this year. And now we step into it, God. We simply step into it, Jesus, because of what you promised. Bring it about, Jesus. Bring it about in us. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we lift these up to you, Jesus. Use us in a mighty way, God, to reach out to them. Reach out to where they are, to the ends of the earth, no matter where it is. Hallelujah, Jesus. give you an opportunity if you've never given your heart to Jesus, you've never accepted this amazing gift of grace and mercy. Let me just tell you, this room is full of people who have accepted and been there and done that. Have a story. If you're sitting in here and you want to accept Jesus into your heart, to your life, to redeem you, to save you, to set you free of the past and to give you a new future, a new present, See, when God comes in, it's instant. He says, I make you a new creation. Transforms your thinking. That's you today. I just want you to slip up a hand and say, Jesus, I want to accept you into my heart. I want to accept you into my life. I want to accept your grace and mercy in me. Well, if that's you, I just want to give you an opportunity. I want you to, to leave this place without saying yes to Jesus and what he wants to do in you. 
This is a year where God wants to set you free so that you can set others free. Hallelujah. Anybody? See, that's me. Praise God. Praise God. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. We're believing for a year, a year where we start to fill up the book of life's pages. You know, that's what happens, right? Someone gives their heart to God, they're written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm believing we're going to have tons of pages filled up from this year. God's going to use us in amazing ways. Let me just challenge you this week as you're praying, you're seeking God, and those opportunities come up, won't you step boldly and hear his words to you? You are the light of the world. You are the light in the darkness. Step in boldness. Be who God has called you to be. Remember, it's not all about you. It's about Jesus through you, so let him speak through you. Amen? Amen. Would you give it up for Jesus? He's amazing. Hallelujah, God. God. We love you, Jesus. All right, let me pray over you real quick. I know you're saying a lot of prayer. Hey, I aced prayer, okay? Jesus, I pray for these as they go into their world. I pray that you would set the captives free through them. Let their eyes be stamped with eternity, that that is the filter through which they see everything. God, let our hearts break for the things that your heart breaks for. And this week, give them boldness. Give them 10 seconds of courage to step out of who they are, step out of their comfort zones, and step into who you are. We love you, Jesus. We praise this in your name. Amen. Amen. Have a great week. We love you guys. This is the practical side of it. We want you to take this, tie it on something that you'll see a lot, okay? It's going on my key ring. Uh, tie it on your, you know, your bedroom window or mirror or whatever. Tie it somewhere where you'll see it. Remember to pray for the captives to be set free and the blind shall see, okay? Love you guys.